This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Well, a nice win for Arkansas in week one over the Western Carolina Catamounts, 56-13. to We're going to take a look back at that game now that I've had a chance to rewatch the video and everything. We're going to talk to Danny West about the latest in recruiting, some of his thoughts on the game, and Andrew Ellis as well. We'll get uh, maybe a little bit of preview on Kent State and his thoughts as well on the game. And we're going to take some of your questions also. And so, yeah, that's pretty much it. All that and more on today's episode of All the Hey everybody, before we get started, I want to mention real quick that Hog Sports is half price right now. Now this offer is going to end very soon. Actually, it's going to end on Tuesday at 11 p.m. Central Daylight Time. So if you want to get Hog Sports for half off, you're excited about the Razorback football season. There's never a better time to join than right now at the number one independent source on Arkansas sports and recruiting. Half off the regular rate. Get unmatched insider Razorback coverage just in time for the start of the 2023 football season for the equivalent of $1.03 a week, $4.48 a month, and billed at just $53.70 for the entire year. So a great offer at hogsports.com right now. Uh, go check us out. Part of the 24-7 Sports Network. You'd be glad you did. That's all I want to say, aside from subscribe real quick, if you haven't subscribed on our YouTube channel. Where do we want to start today? Arkansas, 56, Western Carolina, 13. Uh, you know, I thought it was a good environment in Little Rock overall. Now, there are some things that you run into with not having a lot of games there, obviously. You know, I, I go the same route. There's one way to get to my parking area and the media parking, and they wouldn't let me through, you know, stuff like that. They were nice about it, but we got it figured out. But I've been going the same route for 20 years. You know, I know they ran out of water. There's those kinds of issues. And that's just the stuff you kind of run into when you play at a place where you just don't have games regularly. So uh, I thought Arkansas came out really strong, obviously. K.J. Jefferson hitting seven different wide receivers. I don't want to repeat myself too much on just some of the, you know, stuff I noticed while watching the game. Uh, but seven different wide receivers, 12-12 start. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious as we talked about, uh, you know, in the pregame stuff, I pointed, you know, a lot to that like 2011 game against Missouri State where they just run blitzed Arkansas the whole time, uh, walked the safeties up, loaded the box. And that's kind of the same stuff that you saw in this one. One reason Arkansas wasn't able to get a lot of rushing yards. Now, in my opinion, against the 1AA team, FCS, uh, they sh still should be able to get a better push. And Sam Pittman addressed some of that uh, today at the press conference, just, you know, some of the technique stuff that they were doing that they needed to do a better job with. But you still – you should be able to run the ball against the team, even if they're walking their safety stuff. I mean, generally, they were 10 yards 
the safeties were 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. Uh, their top three leading tacklers were defensive backs. You know, compare that to Arkansas, where they were almost always like 14, 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. Arkansas safeties were almost always starting their backpedal at the beginning, whereas Kent State – or not Kent State, but Western Carolina, you know, their safeties, their first step was forward. Uh, so that just kind of gives you an idea of, you know, sometimes you run into a team that is outmanned and they say, we're going to win something. And in this case, they're going to win trying to stop Arkansas running the ball. Now, Arkansas finished with, what, 36 carries for 105 yards, three touchdowns, only a long of 17. Their longest run was 17. They had a minus 19-yard run. Um, I think Rocket had a minus 11. You know, the 19 was a bad snap, something they've got to get fixed. They also had a a bad snap down at the goal line. Uh, But 2.9 yards a carry, obviously nothing to write home about. Uh, I think it's notable, though, that you look at the New Mexico game that Arkansas played after that Missouri State game in 2011, and they ran for like 259 yards the next week. So they got some things corrected. Uh, but that's one reason Arkansas was able to have so much success passing the ball. One reason KJ started 12 of 12 is just because of the emphasis they were putting on stopping the run. You look at that throw from Jaden Wilson, for example, you know, that uh, on the you know second play of the game. You know, the first step that the safety makes is inside and down, you know, and that play's going outside. Great throw by KJ. I mean, hit him right here, just out in front, perfectly in stride. Great block by Isaac Tesla. And then he went 68 yards. He was behind the line, 65 yard touchdown, but 68 yards. Great way to start the season. Defense starting out strong, too. All right. I'm not ready to go into all of that right yet, but uh, Arkansas won 56 13. I had him 49. 10, no, 49-17. I had him 49-17, but Brad Spence ruined it with his 88-yard, 85-yard touchdown return on the interception. Uh, But they were going down to score. But I was close to calling it. Uh, But good to see uh, Brad Spence make a nice play because he has been getting talked about a lot in camp and everything. This is the first meeting. So the things that we know about this game, first meeting between the two programs, According to the Bet Saracen app, Arkansas is a 38-and-a-half-point favorite. Do you like that? Do you like the betting line? Let me know in the comments below if you like the betting line. 38-and-a-half points. I'll tell you something else I've noticed. I don't know. I'm not a great gambler, but, you know, I look at Colorado and Nebraska, and I watched a good bit of the Colorado game, you know, just in the press box. But Colorado and Nebraska, this game is at Boulder, and I watched all the Nebraska game the other day. Colorado started off as a seven-point dog to Nebraska. Now they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I still think two-and-a-half points is quite low just based on what we saw from those two programs. And I think Matt Rule's a really good coach, but I think he's got some work to do still there. What else do we know about Kent State? It's in Kent, Ohio. Arkansas and Kent State have never faced each other, which is weird. It seems like they would have faced each other. Uh, Mac, a little Maction. 1946 is when the MAC conference was developed. You've got a lot of Ohio schools there. Ohio, Akron, Bowling Green, Kent State, Miami, Ohio, Ball State, Toledo, a lot of Ohio football teams there in the MAC conference. And Arkansas obviously played some of those. Did I mention Toledo? Yeah, Toledo's there, which we remember Toledo. Brett Bielma had his hands full with Toledo over the weekend also. Came out with a close win. Okay, let's see. Do you want to hear what Sam Pittman had to say? Let's go to Sam Pittman. Do we want to do that first? 
Or do we want to rewind things? Let's actually go. Let's. I want to talk about. I want to talk about my friends first over to Ozarks. Go. For those of you who are disappointed with your internet, you obviously don't have Ozarks. Go. I've had several different carriers before, but Ozarks Go to me has obviously been the best one. I've had them for two and a half years now, even before they reached out to me and wanted to be our title sponsor. You can reach out to them at 479-684-4900. Find out if they're available in your area. I know they're branching out all over Northwest Arkansas, getting in Rogers now. Uh, If you have Ozarks Electric, then you can get Ozarks Go. I use their multi-bit internet. I used their gigabit internet before, which is fantastic. Multi-bit, I do a lot of live streaming in 1080p, obviously. I have two screens up here. You know, I've got a lot going on. So uh, what I like about the multi-bit is I don't even have to think about it. And it's completely instant. For most people, Gigabit's going to be a really good service for you too. Local company, when you reach out to them, you're going to talk to somebody local. If you have a problem, which you're not going to have, at least my experience, I've had uptime 100% of the time, unless you know one time they said, hey, we're going to have an outage here at midnight. Uh, aside from that, I've had 100% uptime, no problem at all, never had any issue. Go visit our friends at ozarksgo.net slash hog. That's H-A-W-G if you want to find out more if they're available in your area, or you can call them at 479-684-4900. Okay. Certainly appreciate Ozarks Go keeping this show rolling. Let's go with a Sunday Rewind. So this is the article I put out yesterday on Arkansas and Western Carolina. Just a few more observations from watching the game. I mentioned how they're loading the box and, you know, keying on the run, keying on Rocket Sanders. I thought Sam Pittman made a good point. They knew that Arkansas wasn't really going to run K.J. Jefferson much, especially in a game like this. So they just really targeted Rocket Sanders, and it worked out for them. Um Loaded the box with seven, eight, sometimes more than that. Really just keyed on it. But, again, I still felt like Arkansas should have gotten a little bit better push. Even even if a, even if they're doing that, you still feel like they should get a better push. Uh, I brought up a lot of examples, obviously, that I mentioned. You know, Missouri State was one of them where they just kind of keyed on Arkansas's running game. And, you know, Bobby Petrino back then said he was just stubborn running the ball. Uh Jaden is nice to see Jaden Wilson and Jaden Johnson playing so well. You know, Jaden Johnson had the forced fumble, kind of got lucky. You know, put his helmet right there, but the dude Davis just kind of raised his arm up with the ball, and you know, it just popped right out. Uh, he had the interception, obviously, uh, made some nice tackles. But the play that I thought really stood out for Jaden Johnson because it's a play I don't think he attempts last year. When Dwight McLaughlin made his interception and Jaden Johnson's coming across and there's the right guard who's 6'2", 330 pounds, and Jaden Johnson just smacks him. I mean, Jaden went this way, but the other dude went that way. It's kind of like a slow, like slow motion, like you see a giant or something. But Jaden stuck his nose in there. I don't think he would have done that last year and made a really nice block there. I thought it was interesting with 6.45 to play in the first quarter. Uh, when I'm not even going to try to pronounce this guy's last name because it's like 13 letters long, but uh, the Western Carolina linebacker uh, came on a, a what they would call a green dog blitz, a delayed blitz, and uh, hit KJ Jefferson in the backfield, and KJ just bounced off of him, you know, kind of an I lift weights moment. And I'm wondering a little bit if that stems from you know just your psyche of because no team in college football practicing is hitting quarterbacks. And, you know, you just kind of hit him and expect, oh, maybe the play's over. You know what I mean? Like kind of subconscious a little bit. Uh, but K.J. may, you know, may, bounced off of him, rolled left, squared up, hit Andrew Armstrong for a 12-yard gain. 
uh, I was a little disappointed in the goal line where they fumbled the ball. Now, Bo Lemmer had a couple of high snaps. Pittman says he's not worried about it. But there was a couple of high snaps that they have to get right. I think he said maybe he hurt his hand a little bit, kind of a wet ball because it was so hot, too. It was really hot down on the turf there. But, you know, they had that uh, a bad exchange at the goal line. The ball is on the ground. And in this game, it doesn't matter, but that stuff can't happen. And I know Arkansas is doing more stuff under center and things, but that stuff just can't happen. They, they've got to get that cleaned up, got to get the snaps cleaned up. Really glad to see Hudson Clark. The first thing I think you notice about Hudson Clark, those of you who had not been at practice like I have, is shoulders, arms, a lot bigger. And what I noticed, if you go look, and this is from Pro Football Focus, you had – you know, a pretty even distribution with those safeties and cornerbacks you had. Uh, Al Walcott got 41 snaps, uh, not cornerbacks, but safeties and, and hog, nickel. Uh, Al Walcott had 41 snaps. Jaden Johnson had 40 snaps. Clark had 40 snaps. Lorando Johnson had 35 snaps. Okay, so I think what you're going to see, and, you know, Pittman, I asked Pittman about this, but I think he kind of misinterpreted what I was asking a little bit. But just really, I think you're just going to see Hudson Clark kind of bouncing around at two safety spots in nickel, you know, and just kind of a rotation there where he's basically like a starter. And, you know, with some of the issues they had in the secondary with, you know, injuries and, you know, Keon Stewart getting arrested for going like 126 miles an hour. Uh, and he's back with the team, but he has got some – community service and, you know, other things that he's going to have to accomplish. Uh, but he was suspended for the game Saturday, obviously. But, you know, with uh, I think some of the issues they have in the secondary in terms of depth, I think that makes a lot of sense to kind of bounce Hudson along. You know, he's played a lot of different positions in his career, super smart kid. So I think that makes good sense to do that with him. And, and Clark had a nice game on Saturday. You know, he had that interception, the play before that, he came on like one of like two pressures I saw the whole game. Like, otherwise, they're just bringing four men. They, they didn't br- – and, and Travis Williams is known as a guy that likes to attack on defense. But they just brought four defensive linemen. I think you saw the defensive linemen getting stronger as the game went on where that rotation's really helping them, and they're just overwhelming them starting – you know, they got the two sacks in the second half. I think they had eight, eight uh, TFLs in the game. So – but I thought Hudson played pretty well um, and – you know, had that nice interception right after that play where, you know, he kind of came on that pressure, um, you know, hit the back and was going after the quarterback and knocked the back back and then, you know, came and, um, you know, helped make that tackle in the backfield. So, and then on the next play, he drops back into a zone, reads quarterback's eyes, interception. Nice play. And I think it was T.J. Metcalf's first play of his college defensive career, at least. I'm not sure if he got in on special teams. Uh, I talked about Jaden Johnson, just the things that he did. I thought he had a really, really nice game overall. Jaheim Thomas, Jaheim Thomas, man, uh, from a talent perspective, I think he might be their best linebacker. There was one play where he just, like, split two defenders. And, you know, this was a good matchup for Arkansas because of the amount of time they spent doing two-on-two slot cover, the two-on-two slot cover stuff, where they would, uh, you know, Three wide receivers, three defensive backs, one side of the field. They're running a bunch of bubble screens. They're working on blowing it up. You know, obviously it helped with Arkansas. They ran that bubble screen to Jaden Wilson, touchdown, and then blowing up the bubble screen on the other side. I think that really worked out. But Jaheim Thomas, I thought, uh, was really explosive. Ran right through Desmond Reed uh, on that screen pass that ended up going for no gain. 6'4", 240, good-looking linebacker. 
Max Fletcher, got to give some props to Max Fletcher. I don't know if I talked about him, but had punts of 51 yards, return for no game, 46 yards for a fair catch, 52 yards for a fair catch, and a 52-yarder with a one-yard return that was out of the back of the end zone. His heels were in the back of the end zone and 44 yards out of bounds at the Western Carolina 15-yard line. So he averaged 49 yards a punt with only the single return for one yard. Uh, I'm, I, I, you guys know how I feel about kickoff return. I've talked about you know all the rule changes, 2010, 2013. 2010 was moving it from the, from the, 35, the 30 to the 35 to have more kick, more touchbacks. Then they outlawed wedge blocking in 2013, and then they add the fair catch and 25-yard line. I think Isaiah Satania might just return a kickoff for a touchdown this year, but is it worth doing all that for having bad field position so many times? Uh, you know, he had that one good return, but then they got a block on the back call, and Arkansas is at the nine, and the next thing you know, Max Fletcher's uh, punting all the, out of the back of the end zone. Uh, there was a block in the back on Western Carolina, too. I just think that it doesn't make a whole lot. Now, there was one return where he got to the 30. He's catching at full speed. He's got five or six blockers, you know, who aren't even engaged yet right in front of him. Yeah, bring that out. There are certain instances, okay? It's a kind of a low-line drive. There are certain instances. But for the most part, you know, you're five yards deep in the back of the end zone. I, I just don't think it's it's wise to bring it out, even as explosive as he is, even though I think he probably will return a kickoff for a touchdown. It's just like – to me, 95% of the time you shouldn't return them. Brady Latham should be back out there. Tyrone Broden, I thought, had a really nice impact, uh, especially on punt team, getting down there. Dominic Johnson had a nice uh, had a nice block right there at the goal line. They got Rocket Sanders in there. He was lined up at fullback. And I thought it was borderline poor sportsmanship by Kerwin Bell calling the timeout there. I get it. You, you know, you got your kicker. You want he's an, he's a candidate for all conference or whatever status. But I mean, the game was over. People are tweeting the game is over. People are getting up and leaving. I mean, the stat broadcast thing shut down. They had to go back and do all the things so this guy could kick a meaningless, you know, field goal. And it's not like people are like, oh man, you got smoked. You lost fifty six to ten. Oh wait, you got a field goal at the end, fifty six thirteen. Okay, well that's good. You played okay. I mean, the game's over. It's meaningless. Just a waste of time. I thought Kerwin Bell did a really good job. Appreciate him doing all the stuff he did for the media in the week. But this this was not this was not good, in my opinion, to do that. It's not like unsportsmanlike or poor sportsmanship. It's just borderline annoying. Okay, Pittman talked today. I want to go to Pittman's press conference. Let's see what he had to say. We're excited to come play at home um, in front of – eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, hopefully a sold-out crowd. I've, I've been told that it's going to be close. And uh, play Kent State. Uh, Coach Burns has done a nice job there. Uh, with his team, they play extremely hard. Um, they do have some offensive weapons. I like their quarterback. He had transferred in from Purdue. I like their running back. Um, I think they've got a really good kickoff returner. And uh, their line is f uh, full of transfers. Um, not full, but they have three, six transfers on offense. I believe they lost their entire starting group last year on defense. Uh, they're aggressive. Uh, defense. They moved more than what we saw last week. Still out of base out of a too high shell. I like uh, number five, a, a D tackle. Um, last name West. I like their two linebackers, very physical guys. And they got a corner returning named Miller that's a good player. So um, we're excited to get home. We have a high respect for Kent State and their program. Uh, but we're excited to do the hog walk in front of our fans, run through the A and, and and get home. Kenny Burns was funny. He said, Sam Pittman won't remember me, but maybe you do. He was a running back at Springfield, Illinois, and you were at Northern Illinois, and y'all were recruiting him. Does oh, that, yeah. Does He's that ring? a really good player. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what? I, yes. I know who he is now. I, I don't know. You know, that's several years ago. Maybe twenty plus, maybe. Yeah. But uh, he's doing a heck of a job over there for him. I mean, he is. He did a heck of a job where he came from too. But yeah. uh, uh, I wish I did remember more. <laughs> but nobody remembers me playing. He, I'm sure he was a lot better than I was. He wound up in Indiana. So yeah. Um, so you were in Northern Illinois and beat an SEC school. So you kind of know the motivation. Yeah. That MAC teams, when they get the opportunity, what what are your thoughts maybe about? you know, their motivations yeah. and coming in here? Well, I think, you know, each year, and I, I was watching college game day there for a minute, and, you know, they were talking about it's going to happen. You know, Mac school is going to beat a power five, and then hopefully that's already happened. I think Northern Illinois won, you know, beat, was it Boston College possibly, um, I think, um, this last weekend. But, you know, that Mac, you know, that year we beat Alabama, we beat Maryland, we beat Iowa State. All in that same year, we went 10-2 and didn't get a bowl invite. That's how things have changed, you know, uh, so far. But here's what I'll know about them. They'll be tough. They'll play hard. They did. They played hard against UCF. Um, um, UCF has a good football team and, and had some really good out there uh, speed. Um, but they'll play hard. And uh, they'll come in here believing they can win Western Michigan and how it was when I was at Northern Illinois. And, and it's just a wonderful opportunity for them. You know, again, this week's more about us. And, you know, between week one and two, we ought to get much better. Um, I told the coaches today, I said, you know, let's, let's be great. at If it wasn't great, let's be great at fixing it. Let me read this right quick. 
after all the spring and August emphasis correcting last year's short yardage situation flaws, how important was it for this? You know, you could write anything down here. I'd be like, I feel like the anchor man. I'm getting ready to read something. <laughs> you know, I'm Ron Burgundy. You know, <laughs> but there's nothing on here, right? I'm good. Uh, Says so short yardage situation flaws. How important was it for this team closing last Saturday's first half, running a fourth and one touchdown? Well. You know, honestly, right before I came here, I was talking to Dan about, you know, we went for it on fourth down. What was it, fourth and one on what, about 37 or something, somewhere around in there. And and then, uh, you know, I told him, I said, I'd just sneak it, try sneak. He said, um, they, you know, they jumped, they were in bear. Uh, we bobbled the snap just a little bit. and And then we... It was fourth down, so I just waited on the clock to go down to three, and it was a really good feeling to score. I mean, just a really good feeling to have two fourth downs and get it. You know, I was, guys, if we don't catch – we've all been there. If we don't catch contested passes, if we don't make those two first – you know, we don't make those two fourth and ones, we still probably win the game, but it's – you're going, man, you know, because everybody tries to find negative in what what could be pretty positive situation. But I was really pleased with that we made them both and, and our work at least to that point. We're not going to make them all. I get it. Uh, but we did on Saturday, and that, that, that felt good. And I think it builds confidence in the team. And it builds confidence in the team and us because what we're doing, it's like fast starts. We changed. It's a physical part of the first part of practice. So we can start fast and then we go out and get a three and out. We score in two plays. It just, at least it gives you a little more, uh, the team believes in, okay, this is why we're doing it. Let's go do it. And they do it without hesitation. All right, everybody, that's your head hog, Sam Pittman. A little longer clip than I would normally play, a little over five minutes, but I just thought he had some really interesting stuff to say, some funny moments, so I wanted to include those today. You can watch the the whole press conference on our YouTube channel, same as YouTube as this you're watching here, but you can watch it all there. So what do we know about Kent State? We're going to get to Danny West here in just a second. Uh, we know that they lost to Central Florida 56-6, 56-6 in the opener. Uh, that was a Thursday night game. I have not watched that yet. I'm going to go back and watch it. So they got a little bit of extra time to prepare for Arkansas, uh, but they lost 56-6 to University of Central Florida. Sean Lewis was their head coach last year. He's gone to Colorado uh, to be offensive coordinator under Deion Sanders, and now they have Kenny Burns. And as you saw there, Kenny Burns was a guy that was recruited by Sam Pittman. He doesn't remember it, but Kenny Burns remembers it, which I guess you would expect something that long ago. Okay. We're going to get to Danny West now. And we'll go into a lot more detail on Kent State. Obviously, we'll dive deep in with, you know, breaking down their offense and defense and all the keys to victory, all those kinds of things when we do our primer on Thursday. So, uh, you want to go check out our primer when we do it on Thursday. All right, let's get to Danny West. For those of you who don't follow Danny, you can follow him at DannyWest247 on Twitter. He's the Hog Sports Recruiting Analyst and does a fantastic job. Most of Danny's content is VIP, so you do need a VIP subscription. So, it's a great time to sign up for our 50% off deal to read Danny's content. Hi, Danny, buddy. how you doing, man? 
doing wonderful. It's football season. We're mm-hmm. about 11 days from the uh, bow season opening up, so it's my time of year, bud. That's right. Doing pretty good. You know, Danny, I always, always I, I think about when Arkansas plays a game like this is how you always talk about, like when Arkansas has struggled in the past to beat opponents like this, when you've said, why can't Arkansas just beat the, you know, just beat the hell out of these guys like everybody else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it was, uh, I thought it was pretty nice Saturday to, to actually get to enjoy one of those, man. We can, you know, I, I think we're guilty of it ourselves, Trey, but we can overanalyze games so badly. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can sit there and rewatch them. I know you've probably watched it five times already. Uh, pretty but, much, yes. Know, there's times during that game where I'm like, man, I don't like this, this lack of a push, you know, but then the other half, I'm like, well, I totally get what they're doing. They know KJ's not going to. Right. They're not trying to kill KJ today, so take that out of the run game. Now they're just going to load up and see how well KJ knows his new wide receivers. Everybody's new. That's exactly what I would do if I were them. So, you know, it's tough to say it was a great game plan when you get beat 56-13, but I thought it was. You know, that mm-hmm. they took it away, and and uh, that's just smart football. Uh, they've got a couple of dudes over there too. So everybody does, man. So I wasn't. I wasn't too down about the run game, actually. I've kind of talked myself back into uh, liking where Arkansas is right now, man. I, that's what you look for. Uh, you know, that's the, that's what I mean when I say that. You just want to go out there and breathe easily in the second half of a game, and I think we, we all did. Yeah, they didn't do anything too dramatic. I mean, I asked Pittman how many times he felt like they brought pressure. I, I noticed I it that. twice. Uh, yeah. I asked, you know, just – on 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 offense, you know, it, it was just obvious that they were coming after the run. They were going to try to win, stopping the run, and they did. And you'd like to see, you know, every once in a while it balances out because you pop off a big one just because you got better athletes, but it just didn't happen. Yep. Arkansas never had a big run. So, Danny, uh, recruiting, what what's the latest in recruiting right now? Obviously, not a big visit weekend and stuff because the game's in Little Rock and they can't even talk to them there. But uh, this weekend, I think we maybe expect some more guys coming in. We do, but first, let's talk about another guy who's capable of breaking off some big runs for Arkansas in the future. Uh, they picked up a really big one Friday, Trey. Yeah. Uh, Jamarian Parker, mm-hmm. four-star running back out of St. Louis. Now, he's for next year's class. Everybody who you know may not follow recruiting as close as others, uh, this is just a junior in high school right now, but a really good one. Uh, Cardinal Ritter High School, well-known. It's a factory, you know. Yeah. And – uh you know, a kid that they got on super early. I thought it was interesting to go back through his Twitter and see that Arkansas's uh, picture was the first one he ever posted. He actually came to campus in uh, January of 2022, so only a freshman at the time. Mm-hmm. Arkansas didn't even offer him that day. Uh, offer didn't come until after Ole Miss had offered, but Arkansas got him on campus first. They offered after Ole Miss and about five others offered first but they still got him on campus first. What does that tell you? I put a lot of stock into those early visits. They got him back uh, two more times after that, had him here in April. I want to say April 8th was his most recent trip. So uh, it's been a few months. And then he put out a top seven in June. Arkansas, of course, one of those along with, we've got it written down here, Mr. Betty, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Oregon, Michigan State, Louisville, and Purdue. So, the thing you notice about that group, no Mizzou in there. So once that happened, no Missouri in the top seven. A few weeks goes by. He says he's going to announce on September something, and 
I'm going, man, Arkansas may be the pick here, you know. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Jimmy Smith, man, one of the best I've ever seen at Arkansas, frankly. And, um, you know, he just goes out of state and continues to give four stars. We've, we've seen it with A.J. Green out of Oklahoma, Isaiah um, Augustus, I guess we're going with, Florida. Um, R-Dub out of Georgia, you know me. I think Jaden Ball out of Georgia is another four. And then, of course, got Braylon Russell to stay at home. Now you go get Jamarian Parker for next year's class. He's killing it. Jimmy Smith, got to be one of the best I've seen here. Really impressed by it. Yep, Jamarian Parker, six foot, 185, Cardinal Ritter prep, uh, college prep, as you mentioned, out of St. Louis, Missouri. Other offers include Colorado, Illinois, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Oregon, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Texas A&M, so on and so forth. Pretty nice offer list. Uh, 24-7 sports, four-star, number 279 overall prospect in the country. So a nice get for the class of 2025. Danny, if you just want to keep it on that, I don't think we talked about Kai Greer committing in the 2024 class, have we? Yeah, we may not have. They've, I think they've picked up six in the last five weeks, Trey, so it kind of gets – um, jumbled, especially with the show, mm-hmm. uh, your show here on Monday, and a lot of these happening on the tail end of the week. It's, it's hard to keep up. But, yeah, big-time pickup there. Obviously, Arkansas already had two interior offensive line commits for this year's class and Kobe Branham and Zuri Madison out of Kentucky. But kind of struck out on a few offensive tackles, didn't they? You yeah. know, they missed on uh, Shaq McCroy. Obviously, he goes to Oregon. Still not ready to call that one completely done. On Arkansas's end yet, we'll see how the fall unfolds here, but I think he's still receptive anyway to Arkansas. He missed out on Fletcher Westfall. Uh, he ended up picking Florida, which seemed to struggle. <laughs> seemed to struggle yeah, last week did. in their opener. So you talk about we'll, procedure I, penalties. Jeez. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one too, I guess. But, um, yeah, missed on both of those guys. Lo and behold, they had an actual visit uh, scheduled with Kai, I want to say that was the final weekend of June, uh, the 23rd, 25th, sounds right. But he goes to Stanford. He visited A&M, and lo and behold, he picked Stanford before he ever made that trip to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, here we are in September now. He backed off of that Stanford commitment, obviously, with conference realignment, everything that's going on right now. You know, when you're from North Carolina, uh, you really want to fly all the way across the country and then – every other game have to fly back across the country to travel. And I don't know, it just, I'm not speaking for the guy. I don't know why, you know, you know, if that's the reason why, but boy, that'd make it really tough to recruit uh, to Stanford right now. So got him to flip. There's one offensive tackle. And like I said, we'll see if they can flip another man. I I think it's going to take some doing, but uh, we've seen a history. We've seen trends with Oregon losing big time players from far away places, which, most of America is, um, you know, far away from Oregon. So yeah. uh, keep an eye on that one. Danny, it used to be the only school that I would, like, excuse, like, Arkansas losing a recruit to outside of the SEC footprint uh, is Stanford, just because it, it's Stanford. Mm-hmm. I get it. You know, yeah. to, you say you graduated from Stanford, you know, that's that's a big deal. Uh, but now – with the conference realignment stuff that they're dealing with and maybe having to go like all the way across the country and, and whatnot. Man, screw that. Yeah. I, I think it really takes some of the shine as far as being a football player and athlete and going to, you know, one of those schools. So Danny, this week, what do we, what do we think is going to happen with uh, recruiting visitors? Pretty good crowd. I would say, I, you know, mostly in-state guys. Uh, it seems to be um, 
Uh, everybody's kind of being steered towards next weekend, obviously, BYU. No officials yet that I'm aware of. They could be, you know, they could always be working something behind the scenes for mm-hmm. next weekend, uh, BYU coming to town. But, yeah, this weekend should be a, a pretty good turnout. you got a 3 o'clock game. I'm sure they have quite a few there. But, um, yeah, everything I've been told so far, September 16th weekend should be the, uh, uh, you know, more uh, well-attended one yep. for uh- September anyway. All right, Danny. Anything to add? No, I think that's about it, man. Uh, uh, time always flies by when I'm on here. We could talk for another hour about the game, I'm sure, but I'll let uh, Andrew take over. All right, brother. Appreciate you. All right, man. All right, everybody. That's Danny West. Again, follow him at Danny West 24-7 on Twitter. Uh, he's the Hog Sports recruiting analyst and does a great job. We're going to flip it over to Andrew Ellis now. Andrew was at the game Saturday with me and does a great job. Has been with us for over two years now. Hello. How's it going? It's going tremendous, Trey. How are you on this fine Monday? On this fine Monday, I'm great. Don't you love working on Labor Day? I love it. Yeah, I, I always think it's funny whenever everyone's you know talking about their plans. We'll uh, yep. we'll be out there trying to find out if Brady Latham's practicing or not. That's that's our plan <laughs> for Labor Day. Exactly. What did you think of the game Saturday? You were there. Um, just your quick synopsis of of how Arkansas played in the Little Rock environment and whatnot. Yeah, I feel like it was, for the most part, as expected, all the way down to the Little Rock environment being as expected. Um, yeah. I, I felt like there were no huge surprises. Little things here and there. I don't think anyone expected Jaden Johnson to look as good as he did. And certain things things of that nature, to quote Sam Pittman. Um, I, I was a little surprised by the O-line not getting a, as much of a push as everyone else was expecting. And I think everyone, we're all kind of similar in that regard where we're not panicking, worried about the O-line, but... It would have, you know, you, you would have liked to see them kind of impose their will a little bit more. But I was a little surprised because it, I thought if they were going to struggle, it was going to be in the pass rush department. I thought they were going to have a little bit of trouble with that. I know that Western Carolina has a pretty decent pass rush. So I was kind of worried about that matchup for them. But I, I didn't expect Arkansas to struggle to run the ball. But as we've all kind of talked about here and there, it seemed like the, the plan was obviously to load the box and make KJ Jefferson beat them. And he had no problem beating them. So I, I just don't think there were really any huge takeaways to come away with from this game. I think that Arkansas did what they were supposed to do. And for week one, that's about all you can ask. Yeah, expecting to see improved uh, rushing performance. You know, I I mentioned that Missouri State game back in 2011 a lot. You know, Arkansas had 33 carries in that game for 102 yards, just 3.1 yards per carry. And then the next week they face New Mexico State, you know, who was basically, I guess, a step up. New Mexico State's FBS, I believe. Uh, But – basically a step up and they ran 42 times for 259 yards 6.2 yards per carry and four touchdowns in that one so I I would not be surprised to see a similar outcome what do you think I agree 1000 percent I think even while we were in the press box after the game I leaned over to Curtis and I was like I think they're gonna win bigger next week like I think there's a chance obviously Kent State will probably look better than Mm -hmm. they did I guess was that week zero or week one they'll probably be a little bit more improved but I don't think there's there's much of a difference between them and Western Carolina and Honestly, I, I, would, I would I would be interested to see what those two teams did if they played each other because I don't think, you know, I think we'll see throughout the year that Western Carolina is going to be an improved version of what they were the last couple of years. I like what Ker- Kerwin Bell's doing over there. I don't think this is this means Arkansas beat some juggernaut, but I, mm-hmm. I don't think Arkansas is necessarily getting a huge step up in competition this week too. They'll definitely get that with BYU, but I think this week could look more of the same. And I agree a hundred percent on the rushing. I, I'd be surprised if Arkansas didn't really get things going on the ground, especially because you know it'll be kind of a point of emphasis and. I would be stunned if Arkansas doesn't get back to a little bit of normal on the ground. And I think it'll be more of the same in week two. 
Did you happen to catch any of the Kent State UCF game? I mean, I know it wasn't like a premier game last Thursday, but I, have you like looked over that at all? I haven't. I haven't got a chance to watch it yet. I was keeping up with it a little bit as it was happening, and honestly, the fifty-six to six score, from what I could tell, isn't even as close as it seemed. I think mm-hmm. UCF was scoring at will when they had their first team offense in there, and uh, John Reese Plumley seemed like he could do whatever he wanted to do. And so I, I you know, I, we'll, like I said, we'll probably see a little bit more of an improved version of them, but. I don't, I don't, I don't see a ton of reason for Arkansas to slip up here in this week two situation. Andrew, are you keeping? Uh, you going to wear the same socks or the same shirt? What, what's your, what's your? No, I think I'm, a, I'm <laughs> over those days. Uh, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't, I don't do stuff like that as much anymore. Especially, you know, when, whenever you're actually working there, it'd be tough if I were trying to, you know, like the the shorts I showed you the day that I used to wear every week. Uh, it'd be a little tough if I came to the press box and checkered shorts every week, but. <laughs> um, I, I don't have any superstitions like that, and honestly, I, I'm just content to to ride it out and see what happens. And you know, if I if I feel something, you know, if you, you can't force the superstitions, that's that's sure. that's one thing you can't do. Yeah. So I'll just play it out, see how it goes. And, Andrew and I have a lot of that stuff in common with uh, just kind of superstitions and stuff that really. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I don't know. It doesn't really matter at all, <laughs> but it's just something that we can't help doing. So, um, it, it, your ch- opinion of this team change any, Andrew? I know you, you with me and and Curtis, we all picked eight and four. I think Danny picked nine and three. Do you have any change in opinion off of this one, or did they just kind of do what you would have expected them to have done? I would really love to come in here and tell you that my, that I found all these awesome, brilliant takeaways and new mm-hmm. opinions of this team. Really, no. I mean, I feel very similar that I did you know, than I did a week ago. Weirdly enough, like, I'm actually kind of encouraged by the offensive line just because it, I think if they had come out and just not been able to handle Western Carolina's pass rush, that's a lot bigger of a concern mm-hmm. than it would be if, if, you know, Western Carolina's low in the box and they weren't able to really break off any big runs. And Honestly, it got better throughout the game. And if you take away the negative 19-yard snap over his head and Rockets negative 11-yard run, it's not like they weren't able to move the ball or anything. And, and, and as soon as they started hitting some of those big pass plays, things opened up. So, you know I, I I think that I think it's when you're looking at a young offensive line with two second year tackles starting, I think you're the first thing your brain goes to is are they going to be able to handle the big pass rushes of the SEC? We still don't know the answer to that question, but we don't see any re- cause for concern in that aspect right now. And so I think I'm generally pretty encouraged by everything I saw, and I'm definitely encouraged by the way the secondary performed in Week One. I mean that was that was unbelievable. I feel pretty good about that group if everyone's able to stay healthy, but looks like they've got more more options there and. You know, the guys that they got back have all just seemed to have taken a little bit of a step forward. You know what Clay Henry used to say when you'd say something like that? If you said if you take away if you take away the nineteen yard play or something, you know what he'd say? Yeah, I I, I get that. But I mean, you know, when I am <laughs> not expecting you can't take away, to snap it over his You head can't take away plays, Trey. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if, if Sam Pittman's worried about the snap, and he seems like it's not really much of an issue. He doesn't seem so too I'm, concerned I'm, about it, does he? I'm, I'm okay to uh, to chalk up a, a, a loss of 19 to week one jitters, it being hot, whatever excuse it was he came up with. So you think Arkansas is going to deliver a bigger beatdown this week than they did last weekend? Ah, 
it's I think it's I don't know about bigger. I think it could look very similar. Mm-hmm. I think because, uh, you know, especially with games like this, once you get to the second half, the score just becomes whatever you want the score to be. Arkansas could have scored 70 if they wanted to. They could have scored 40 if they wanted. You know, it's like I don't think our, Sam Pittman's necessarily going to be trying to beat them by 50 plus. But I saw uh, I think the final line ended up being around 35 for this game. It's looking like it might be higher. For yeah, this I saw 38. I think, I think it's going to yeah. be. I'm seeing 38 too. Um, so I think it's it's going to be very similar. I think both of those ranges are pretty fair considering the circumstances. I was looking. We talked a little bit about this, but I was looking at Bet Saracen app, and they have uh, Arkansas. Or excuse me, not Arkansas, but they have Colorado at um, was it minus two and a half? I believe it's minus I think two you're and right. Half. I think yeah. it was. What do you what are your you, you know more about like gambling stuff than I do? But like what what it, what are your thoughts on? on that line and you got any other picks that you like yeah i think that line is just simply i think because you know, if you look at it colorado just came off with a huge win against tcu nebraska didn't look great in week one couldn't really move the ball much um that line you'd think most people would probably expect colorado to be favored by more mm-hmm. i think that's a case of vegas not wanting to overreact too much and not wanting to you know just swing it because I mean, they were 21 point underdogs against tcu if they're all of a sudden 20-point favorites against Nebraska, clearly something's not adding up. And obviously it was a good performance, but I think that's a little bit of a respect to Matt Rule, mm-hmm. expecting some regression to the mean for Colorado after a big week one win. And how often, I mean, Danny made a post about that today, but how often do we see the team that steals the show week one kind of slip back to normal in the coming weeks? And so I think that's, that's, a, that's a trap game if I've ever seen one. But uh, I still kind of like Colorado in that game, just because I, you know, I was able to keep up with a little bit of that game. I went to went and watched some of it when I got back, and I, I was just genuinely impressed by the talent I saw in Colorado's, you know, both sides of the ball. I mean, those guys—they're they're definitely going to be a fun team to watch. They're pretty much must-watch television early in the year, and so mm-hmm. I'll be keeping an eye on that one. But I think that, you know, I think the line is probably a little bit fair, just because you've got a Nebraska team that's got an experienced quarterback and a legitimate head coach, and. I think they're ready to play spoiler for a situation like this. Yeah, I, I, I like really like Mac Rule. I think he can turn a program around. I don't know that he always does it in year one, but he definitely has proven he did that at Temple. He did it at uh, Baylor, obviously, when we didn't think Baylor could ever come back. Uh, but Dion, you know, I've always been a Dion fan growing up. He was, I was big primetime fan, and I'm a believer in in what he's doing at Colorado too. I think he's he's going to win there. However, he did not do himself any favors, in my opinion, with media by you know, just kind of coming after some guys and like, you know, you know what I mean? Like just, I, I don't, oh, yeah. I, I'm sure you saw the press conference, but I, I don't think that was a good move because the first time, you know, something goes wrong there, they'll just be all, all over him because, you know, even if it wasn't directed at them, there'll be people that, you know, who are in the media that don't like that. But I think he's going to do well there, but I don't think that was a, a very good move by Dion to, you know, kind of go after one of the reporters. Yeah, doing the victory lap after week one is a little bit a little bit yeah. tough when you're in week one of the of the era. But but no, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I, I'm also a believer in Dion. I really like what he's been doing. I just I just think that I think some people also think that it's going to be more of a rebuild than it was. They you know 51 of these players are new. You know, mm-hmm. so it's not like these are he's inheriting some Colorado team where it is 10 years ago. You're trying to rebuild a program. It takes you a lot longer, and it you know looks a lot different than it does in 2023. Yeah, I think that you know I'm not saying they're going to be competing at a national level i think tcu is going to take a step back either way this year so i don't i think there was a little bit of fool's gold there as well but i do think that colorado they're going to be able to kind of get this thing going quicker than some people expect and like i said i just think that they're they're good for college football they're they're gonna be fun to watch week in and week out and, and i agree that people are gonna be waiting to dunk on Dion anytime anything happens and that's kind of what makes these things fun. Are 
the teams that you watch, whether you're hating or you love them, like the teams that we all like, you know, like Texas, we all tune in to watch Texas because we either love them or we hate them. We all want to see what they're going to do. And I think that Dion just adds a new layer, layer to college football that's definitely good for the sport. Great stuff, Andrew. Appreciate you, ma'am. Absolutely. I appreciate it. You have a good one. You too. All right, everybody. That's Andrew Ellis bringing it. You can always count on Andrew Ellis to bring it. You know what you can always also count on? You can always count on Ozarks Go. Ozarks Go is going to deliver great internet speed for you. They offer several tiers of speed. I've had their gigabit service, which is fantastic. Instantaneous. I thought it was instantaneous until I got multi-bit, which is the tier higher than that. It's about 2,500 megabits per second. And I'm talking, I skip through YouTube and it's just like, just starts every single time. Uh, really fantastic. I've got my TVs hardwired in directly, so they just really zip through. Pull about 600, six, maybe a little bit more than that, megabits per second up and down wirelessly on this computer. So really strong internet service from Ozarks Go. Two guys came over the first time they installed. Super nice guys. Two other guys came over the next time. Super nice guys. Very courteous. Um, were in and out and did a, a great job for us. Go check them out. You can call them at 479-684-4900 or go to ozarksgo.net slash hog, H-A-W-G. I've had a lot of internet service providers uh, in my life. These are the best ones that I've had uh, in terms of just being consistent and steady. So go check them out at ozarksgo.net slash H-A-W-G or call them at 479-684-4900. They're not going to rope you in with some low deal, like some low price, and then jack you up the next year. You're going to pay next year the same price you pay this year, okay? They're not going to try to trick you into some super low rate and then jack you up. And then when you try to call and cancel, they say, well, we're going to drop the price. We'll drop the price $30 if you stay with us. They're not. You're not going to get that. It's going to be one low price uh, for the whole time. Local company, go check them out at Ozarks Go. If you get Ozarks Electric, you probably can get Ozarks Go. They are expanding all over northwest Arkansas. I believe into Oklahoma. They're in Oklahoma. I'm, I think Missouri. I don't know. But you can go check it out at 479-684-4900. Anybody got any questions for me? Timothy David Long says that play you talked about when KJ just got hit and kept on with the play that was amazing. Armstrong jumped like 50 feet in the air and got what an athlete. Arkansas has got some wide receivers. Remember, I told you Arkansas has wide receivers. Now, they're going to have to do it against some, excuse me, more competitive teams coming up, but they got guys that catch the ball, flat catch the ball. How do you feel about Landon Jackson? Dude is a beast, and I think he has great potential as a linebacker. Landon Jackson. I think Landon Jackson plays defensive end, first of all, but um, – I think Landon has so much ability, so much potential. I think he's going to be a really good player. Again, I think the defensive line is really solid. As I mentioned, you didn't see any twists. You didn't see much stunting at all from the defensive line. You didn't see any extra pressure from the linebackers. They were just very standard, basic defense. And people, it's amazing to me. We got some great fans in Arkansas. There are a few idiots out there um, who don't understand, you know, what defenses are trying to do and – you know what you you know what offenses are doing and stuff, and what you know Arkansas's defense is doing against an offense and vice versa, and they just see that you know Arkansas only had two sacks, and but this defensive line is really solid. They did not bring very much pressure at all. Like again, I saw two times where I felt like they they might have blitzed, um, and it could have been conflated with like just being reading you know reading the play really well uh, on Arkansas's offensive line. Again, I think that they should have gotten you know. It would have been nice to see him get a push here and there, but, like, 
people acting like Arkansas's offensive line is terrible, just ridiculous. Um, let's let, you have to understand like what they were doing. Let's see how things progress. I'm not saying Arkansas is going to go undefeated or they're never going to struggle in the offensive or defensive lines throughout SEC play and stuff. But you know, KJ Jefferson was touched twice. One guy came on a blitz, he came free. Uh, the other time, the guy came on the Green Dog blitz right up the middle. Just a, which is just a delayed blitz, basically, and hit KJ, and he bounced off. Other t- other than that, they were never even near KJ Jefferson. Let's see. We're just going. We're going to find some good questions here. Um, let's see. Uh, Justin Williams says he's talking about the concession stands. Couldn't find the lines. I heard there was. No beer, no water at one point. Again, you know, that's – I thought the fans were great. They showed up more than I expected. I think it was announced at 44,000. I don't think that was far off. Um, I heard some people say there was only one entrance. They had trouble with parking. You know, I mentioned my issue I had, and that's just kind of going to be expected when you have a venue that isn't used to hosting 44,000 people, you know, week in and week out. Fayetteville's had issues before, you know, with concessions and stuff there. It's not like Fayetteville just runs smooth every single time. Uh, let's see. Watch that FSU-LSU game last night. I, I, you can't close the door on LSU just because they played a tough game and lost. I mean, they it definitely got away from them, but let's see. A lot of talking between, like everybody else is just commenting between each other. Uh, Kai commits to us and they bump him down to a three-star. That's not true. He was already a three-star because we're Arkansas. I mean, like Justin, like I can point to you so many prospects that Charleston Collins shot up the rankings after he committed to Arkansas. Courtney Crutchfield went up like 390 spots up to number 62 player in the country after he committed to Arkansas. I mean, there are tons of examples of players. Um, last year with uh, Isaiah August, uh, Augusta, uh, he was a three-star recruit when he committed to Arkansas and just slowly moved up the rankings after committing to Arkansas. There's plenty of instances of, of players that have committed to Arkansas and shot up the rankings. But every time somebody drops in the rankings, it's like, oh, it's because it's Arkansas. I promise you it doesn't have anything to do with it. Uh, and, this, you know, this example – Right here, this isn't true at all. He wasn't a four-star before. He, he dropped or dropped Stanford and went to Arkansas. Oh, what happened? I didn't see. I wanted to go back and look at um, the Texas State game. I don't even know what happened. I might go back and look at that if Hornsby. I don't even know. I, I don't know what the score of the game was. Trey Knox on losing team this week. Yeah. Trainox didn't play very well. I didn't think I watched that game. Um, you know, struggled blocking some. Only had a couple catches. And and then the the Bell kid that left South Carolina and went to Florida State. He had a really nice game for Florida State. The the tight end that left them. Not a great showing for South Carolina and uh, the debut for Dow Loggins and Trey Knox and Shane Beamer. You're too. I mean, it, North Carolina's got a hell of a quarterback. Rick Hagan says, Hogan, excuse me, says Florida, South Carolina, LSU, all go down week one. Yep. I mean, those are all the teams that played Power Five opponents, also. 
Hey, Trey, has your take on linebackers changed at all after week one? I would say, I mean, Poopal is going to sit out because he had a target unless that gets overturned. So I, I felt like it was targeting. Uh, so he's going to sit out. But I, I feel like, to me, Jaheim Bell – or Jaheim Bell, just said that. Jaheim Thomas showed me a lot. I think that he is a guy that you're going to be able to count on. I know Poo Paul will be able to do that too. I think I just think it's Poo Paul and Jaheim Thomas. And Antonio Greer, I don't even know if he played. I don't think he did, but he's, you know, been banged up. And he's done some good things too. They, you know, they have to get him back in there. But I think they got four linebackers. And Spence, is, looks like he's going to come on. So maybe five. And, you know, maybe Manny Powell will too. Uh, talked about the field goal. I thought it was ridiculous to do that. Do I think they played safe football? I don't know about safe. I just think that they didn't show a lot, and they don't need to. You know, they should just be able to line up and beat those guys, as which they did. Kenny Harris says it was nice seeing LSU get beat like they did, and then Brian Kelly throw his team under the bus. I didn't see the post game. Hornsby didn't play, says Will Lennox. Gotcha. Didn't play for Texas State. Man, what a dramatic difference. I mean, Jacoby came in and made some good plays for Arkansas. You kind of feel good, you know, about Jacoby right now. I mean, I've seen him in practice, so it's not just me seeing him, you know, run three plays or whatever he did. But to me, Jacoby's going to be a good player for him. Matt Harden says, do you think the O-line will improve when Latham gets back and everyone moves back to their original position? I don't think the O-line played extremely bad. Now, there were certain things that they did with some of the angles and stuff that Sam Pittman mentioned in his press conference. Um, you know, versus what they would do if they were head up on a guy that uh, they got to get corrected. Some things here and there. But they also, you know, moved Josh Braun from right guard where he's practiced all camp to left guard, moved to Kiss Crawford in the starting lineup, you know, had Andrew Chambly starting when Devon Manuel's been, you know, the starter most of, of the time. Well, I guess lately it's been Chambly because Manuel's been banged up. That's why he wasn't in there. They didn't have Latham. Uh, but, again, they protected well in the past game. They just couldn't, you know, overcome just them loading the box up and just, you know, coming after the run time and time again. So I don't know that they just played awful. But, you know, usually you'd see, you know, you'd like to see Arkansas pop off a big run even though they're, they're coming after the run and, and focusing basically on that. But I do think the offensive line, you'll see a better performance from them this week. Yes, and you kind of made some of those points, Mark. Which SEC team should be the most concerned after week one? I think Florida should be concerned. Um, and a lot of that is because of all the procedure penalties you saw. You know, I brought that up. Arkansas had eight penalties for 86 yards or something like that. Seven penalties for 86 yards, something like that. Uh, but they were, you know, things like – a block in the back or a hit out of bounds or a targeting, you know, personal foul, those kinds of things, which you don't want. Obviously, those are huge penalties, 10, 15-yard penalties. But what you didn't see is what you saw at Florida, five men in the backfield, fourth and one situation, got to have it, jumping off sides, three number, two number threes on the field on a special teams play. That's coaching issues, okay? That, to me, tells me that team has got some issues. You know, they're not polished up. Arkansas is going to have procedure issues. They're going to have guys jump off sides. They're going to have five men in the backfield time to time. But this happened, you know, quite a bit for Florida in the in the opener. But that kind of stuff happens every once in a while. But to me, that's a big measure when you're talking about penalties. Well, what kind of penalties were they? Pass interference, holding? Oh, those happen. Those are going to get called sometimes. 
false start, five men in the backfield, you know, those 12 men breaking the huddle, those kind of things, you know, those are those are concerns. I thought August – I know how to say it. Augustive, Isaiah Augustive. Uh, Dustin Hoofman asked about uh, Isaiah Augustive. Isaac – Isaiah Augustive. I thought he ran really hard in the time that he got in there. Chris will play more or less this week. Um, I think probably less to the same, something like that. Adam Hall said, I thought pass interference – was smart, give 15 to save seven points. On the, yeah, on the pass interference, I mean, he got pushed off first and then came back and had no choice but to do pass interference. It's kind of – I don't know. I wouldn't mind maybe seeing something look at – like if it's just hand fight, like they're both hand fighting, then call both of them. But if somebody does it like blatantly first and the other guy has no choice but to make up and pass interference, then, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing that looked at a little bit differently in the future from a rules committee. Philip Patterson says, I wasn't disappointed with the O-line. You want to see them blow it wide open, but everyone knows the running game we have. Yeah. Who is your player of the game this week, in your opinion, Trey? Defense, I'll go with Jaden Johnson. He had the forced fumble. He had the interception. He lit that dude up on um, on Nudie McLeathern's uh, interception return. I thought he just played a really good game all the way around. I give a nod to Hudson Clark in there also. And then on offense, player of the game goes to – I'll give it to KJ. I'll give it to KJ Jefferson. Starting off 12-12 passing, that's hard to do. I don't care who the opponent is. And you got to have more. I mean, you got your receivers have to catch the ball, obviously. Okay. Imagine that how that LB found after he bounced off KJ. Yeah. Uh, William Cleveland said, I think they'll get more comfortable and be able to bring subs in quicker for Kent State. Trey, your show is awesome, says Reggie Allen. I appreciate that. I thank all of you for watching the show and making it so popular and checking out our content at hogsports, H-A-W-G-sports.com. Free content, stuff you get out of press conferences, stuff you get out of news releases. We put all that stuff out there. It's on our Facebook page. You can be one of 90,000 fans to follow our Facebook page if you haven't done so already. And uh, a lot of VIP content, insider stuff, opinion articles, op-eds, um, recruiting information, stuff that you're not going to get everywhere else. Inside scoop on what's going on really with the team. Uh, those are the things that we have as our VIP subscriptions. You can sign up at Hawks Sports right now. Again, hawgsports.com for 50% off. This deal ends Tuesday at 11 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Again, that's hawgsports.com. 50% off. It breaks down to $1.03 a week, $4.48 a month, and build it just $53.70 for the entire year. Go check us out, Hog Sports. All right, everybody. It's the reason we do this show right here, to promote that website. So, Appreciate everybody. Thanks to Danny West for hopping on with us. And, of course, Andrew Ellis as well for giving his insight. And we'll be back with you guys. Oh, yeah, I wanted to mention this. The walk and talk. I was a little disappointed in my walk and talk situation because I bought this new gimbal. So it's supposed to provide image stabilization. So I've got it, you know, and it's working fine. And I'm thinking it's working good when I'm doing it. And then after I upload it, I notice what it's done is stabilizing everything in the background. Whereas I'm just kind of walking and it's like I'm bouncing. It's like a tra- I'm on a trampoline or I'm floating a little bit. And it kind of made me feel a little nauseated, to be honest. So I'm ditching the gimbal for future walk and talks. I don't, you know, 
I thought it would be like you know smooth everything out. But I think I, I think you would probably rather see me and you know not bouncing up and down and maybe the background doing that instead. So we're going to go back to the way it was done before. I thought that would have been a nice upgrade, but sometimes you know things just don't work out. So the walk and talk in the future will be like it has been. Oh, it won't be entirely because my parking – I don't have lot 44 grass no longer exists. Uh, so, I guess they're filling that up with tailgaters and stuff, which is perfectly fine. I don't see any reason not to do that. But that no longer exists, so I'll have a, actually a different walk out of the stadium this time. All right, everybody, thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com. We'll be back with you guys Thursday for the Arkansas versus Kent State Primer.